Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is, for those of you who don't know, for all the little Zoomers, is the executive director of the American Prospect, David Dayan. He's the author of Monopolized, Chain of Title, and the 2021 Hillman Prize winner for magazine journalism. American Prospect is great. Uh, uh, David has done uh, numerous, had numerous articles uh, talking about what the Biden administration could be doing, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, utilizing the Senate procedures, utilizing congressional procedures, or even the executive orders, like what kind of expansive powers the Biden administration could technically have, but refuses to follow through on because they're cowardly pieces of shit. Um, but yeah, no, David's great. Um, you've also, I mean, you have impacted policy, right? I think, what was it? One of the sure why not <laughs> um yeah i mean i think we've had our our ability to force the conversation look uh no, I the mean, biden administration is going to do didn't they're going to do something about student debt and, and we've been talking about student debt for since 2019 so uh, you know I, I i think that's one thing are you start, you're talking about something specific though i thought so yeah but never mind it's fine um, I, I just, I, I feel Look, like I remember. We, we have so much influence. It's hard to just pin it down. <laughs> one thing. True. True. <laughs> but, uh, David, today I wanted to, you know, there's not enough of this. Uh, I wanted to get another man's perspective on, uh, yeah, great. what women, uh, should and shouldn't do their bodies. We're of course, your, your booker came to the right person. Hell yeah. Uh, the right human. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a terrible ruling, obviously. We've been writing a lot about it. Um, the first thing to say is that it just doesn't stop here. Um, that the, the same logic behind this ruling saying that uh, the word abortion didn't appear in the, the Constitution and therefore uh, we, we, we cannot allow uh, uh, this this constitutional rights or this right to privacy. Um, it, it's no different than the logic that was used uh, previously to allow gay marriage, to allow interracial marriage, to allow women to use contraception, to allow consensual sex between two adults uh, 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 who, are, who are homosexuals. And uh, it, it the same logic could be applied to take away all of those rights. And uh, there, there's some lip service in the draft uh, ruling that Alito makes to say, no, abortion's different, uh, seriously. We're, we're not going to do anything else. Just give us this. We're, we're not going to do anything else. Uh, there's no reason to believe that. Um, and it, it's, it's because the logic is, is, makes no difference uh, the, the same points that are being made, you just take out the word abortion and put in contraception and uh, there, there's the, 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 everything would read the same. So I, that, to me, that's what stands out is that this is the beginning of an attack on vulnerable populations, on whether it's women, whether it's the LGBT community, uh, whether it's uh, African-Americans, uh, this is just the beginning. Ultimately, none of those words are in the Bible either. Uh, but what's more important to me is that uh, abortion is a, a medical procedure, right? I mean, it's healthcare. It's a medical procedure. Um, it helps give uh, women the power to do something. Uh, it, it gives women more power over their own bodies. Um, there are plenty of, of medical procedures that are not ever mentioned in the Constitution. So it's ridiculous. But I think the, the significance in this one is that like uh, they... Uh, at least according to Alito, this uh, pertains to 
the personhood of of a or or uh, a life being taken away because he he takes the you know abortions are killing babies position uh which is normally psychotic and and certainly psychotic uh with respect to like the way that this issue polls um considering that uh there's well, no- i mean also think about it in this sense you are a doctor you you want to give a woman medication a woman came in complained of some ailment or another and you want to give them medication to fix that that medication if that woman happens to be pregnant might be an abortifacient right and so you don't want to give that drug because you could uh, be in violation of the law in the particular state that you're in uh, depending on their laws around abortion and how harsh they are and so this isn't about denying women reproductive care solely this is about denying women health care and yeah. it really could uh, amount to that yeah like ectopic pregnancies that require uh, an abortion or even a miscarriage that might require an abortion on top of that like there's a medical procedure um that uh, accompanies a miscarriage uh, depending on how far into the pregnancy uh, uh, you are in so yes this is once again republicans like you correctly pointed out denying women specific types of health care but republicans aren't exactly great on health care anyway they just want to punish women for, I guess, the crime of, of having sex. That's, uh, I guess, a short and sweet of it. It's a, it's a... Of tempting men. Yeah. I mean, if you want to really get into the power dynamic around this, yeah, sure. Yes. Um, the removal of an ectopic pregnancy isn't an abortion, dipshit, says war hero from the past. That's really interesting because according to the Mississippi lawmakers, it quite literally is. Um, and yes, it is an abortion. Um, anyway, uh, so... Sorry, I shouldn't be reading chat while you're in here, David. So that one was just like too stupid for me not to react to. Uh, So, okay. Um, I am very angry, not, not just at the Republicans who are demons, obviously who are, uh, you know, working on the whims and, and, you know, pushing for this, uh, incredibly cruel piece of legislation is bring in that is incredibly cruel working up to this incredibly cool decision that is going to trigger, um, you know, the criminalization of abortion in like 13 to 18 states automatically, including up to 26 states that will have some form of like restrictions on abortion. Um, but I'm also angry at the the Democratic Party. I think that the Democrats have had many opportunities for the past 50 years to codify Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. form of uh, some kind of helpful legislation. And yet they refuse to do so. Nancy Pelosi herself, uh, uh, until recently, was talking about how we need to drop this, like, you know, anti-choice Democrat, uh, you know, party line. Like, there are going to be some anti-choice Democrats. We have to live with that. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is still personally campaigning for Henry Cuellar in Texas, is the last remaining anti-choice Democrat, um, for those who don't know, against Jessica Cisneros. Uh, Henry Cuellar is a nine-time incumbent here and is uh, really just awful. Uh, Jim Clyburn is is also campaigning for him. Well, uh, let's let's talk about that even more because uh, that uh, what you just mentioned, Jim Clyburn, that is happening right now. Yeah. Uh, as we speak, there is a rally in San Antonio, and Jim Clyburn, who is the third number three in the house in the the House leadership, the House Majority Whip, is in San Antonio right now, shoulder to shoulder with the only member of the Democratic caucus who voted against the codification of Roe last September. 
uh, right now. This is happening right now, like two days after this leaked document that shows the, uh, the, the imminent demise of Roe v. Wade. Uh, right now, this is happening. And we actually have a reporter there right now um, who is going to bring back uh, uh, what she saw uh, and, and, and write that up for us. And you'll see that up in the morning at prospect.org. But yeah. uh, it, it's, it is unbelievable. And it's, it's, it's Clyburn, it's Hoyer, it's Pelosi. Uh, we wrote a report that's up on the site today about how the vendors that uh, uh, Cuellar is using for his mail, for his media placement, for his social media, uh, uh, for research, is uh, they are DCCC approved vendors. These are the, the, the main arm of House Democrats are using the same vendors that Henry Cuellar, the only anti-abortion Democrat, is using. We went to the website of one of these vendors, AL Media. Investigated by the FBI that, recently. That's also. true. That's also true. We'll, we for, can talk for, about that. For, you know, he may or may not have uh, been working with some Azerbaijan uh, dudes. I don't know. Allegedly, I'm just saying. <laughs> Allegedly, is Allegedly. Right. Uh, we went to the website of one of these uh, particular uh, uh, organizations, these vendors, and at the website it says, we are in this line of work to protect, protect progressive values and win. That is the website of the uh, organization that is that is got paid, I think, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, a little bit more than that. But, but uh, David, by who, Henry Cuellar's campaign. Who is who is Henry Cuellar running against in the Democratic primary? I mean, obviously, the Democrats, I mean, they're they're faulty. But like, I'm sure he's not running against someone who is, uh, I don't know, uh, significantly more progressive than he is. Right. Uh, yes, a progressive pro-choice woman named Jessica Cisneros that almost won over Cuellar in 2020, lost by about three points uh, in the March primary, uh, was within a couple points. And uh, because neither of them went over 50%, they go to a runoff. And this race is happening on May 24th. So this is, this is 20 days from now. There's going to be this election. The only pro-life Democrat in the Democratic caucus in the House against a pro-choice woman. And by the way, uh, the, the organization Emily's List that is supposed to be the organization, the premier organization that yeah. supports pro-choice women and, and in, Michael Bloomberg. in Congress. Uh, and Michael Bloomberg, right? <laughs> uh, Emily's List has spent, I think it was $120,000 on this race in support. They are supporting uh, uh, Cisneros, but with a paltry token amount of money. Uh, the support uh, that they gave in a race in Louisiana uh, uh, early last year was $2 million. The one twentieth of what they did for that Louisiana special election they have put in to this race, which is the race. I mean, yeah. this would this this is the only target if you're talking about pro-choice or pro-life men in the House Democratic Caucus. This is the only race there is. This is the only one, and they are not going all out uh, to 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 fight him. Um, interesting. You mentioned Jessica Cisneros, by the way. Of course, we are going to be having her on the broadcast tomorrow. Chat. Uh, oh, there it is. I'm leaking it. Uh, <clears throat> so there is that as well. I'm also going to be uh, raising funds for, um, you know, abortion funds in red states. Uh, 
and uh yeah so that was well yeah, there are a lot of great organizations for that and oh, that's yeah. really what we should be talking about i mean we've we spent the last 48 hours in the media talking about uh how how horrible it is to the decorum of the supreme court to to leak a document and to have this 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 nuclear bomb on on uh the the inner workings of the court this is such a horrible thing and 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 the leak the leak the leak and not the substance oh yeah of of what happened what's about to happen here uh and and frankly i i don't even really want to talk about the politics of it so much as as the substance of what it's going to be like for women uh in this country uh under this new regime and it's it's really frightening um so Absolutely. Uh, one thing that uh, we got to talk about, obviously, is I mean, we, we we've covered how awful this is going to be for women. And, and in some ways, like it's already been really awful for women in these red states, even before the bounty laws, like immediately people will be like, oh, yeah, you mean like the Texas bounty laws, right? It's like, no, actually, as a matter of fact, there are so there are so many procedural hurdles like red tape uh, that the Republicans have been able to throw in the way of uh, of of providing free or not even free, but just any kind of reproductive health services to women in red states for the longest time that um, right. it is, it's, I mean, there's already, there's a reason why there's only one uh, a functioning abortion clinic in the state of Kansas, or I think in Missouri as well. Like there's so many Mississippi, yeah. Mississippi. I mean, so many, it's true. Uh, you know, functionally speaking, uh, abortion has been out of reach for millions of women in, uh, in red states across the country. That is absolutely true. And, uh, you know, the, the, the old version of this where, you know, you'd have to, uh, they, they had these things called targeted regulation of abortion providers, where they would have special rules only for abortion clinics, things like uh, it would have to have a hallway X feet long, or it would have to have admitting privileges, or it would have to have doors that, that locked from the inside and outside. Just, just crazy, like little niggling coding laws that uh, would uh, be used very specifically to target abortion providers. Um, you also had things like parental notification or, um, you know, you, have, you, you would have to go to a, a, a pregnancy crisis center, right? Or, or all of these ways to deter people from from actually making the decision that they uh, were entitled by law to make. Um, so it was already really difficult. But one thing uh, that uh, women could do was was travel to another state. And that was a huge hardship for most women, especially women who didn't have a lot of money. Um, but uh, at least they could do it. Now what we're seeing with this looming uh, ban that's coming down uh, and which will trigger, I believe in 26 states, a ban on abortion, including in many states, uh, like states like Michigan and Wisconsin, which had laws on the Six books before 1973 that now will be reverted back to. Uh, so whether or not uh, their, their legislature, or their governor, these are two places with democratic governors, whether or not they'd agree with it, it's going to revert back to what the state was before 1973. So that, number one, is going to expand the number of states that are going to make this functionally illegal. Number two, we're starting to see more aggression around states trying to prevent women from leaving their own state to get an abortion. 
And yeah, uh, we're seeing that in, in many states across the country. And that's a really dangerous scenario. And because of that, uh, Connecticut is like, uh, <clears throat> Connecticut was the last state that actually put a countersuit measure in place where yep. like, if you go there and get an abortion, then the state will help you countersue Texas, for example, if you are that's a Texan. Right. And it's, it's completely insane that this is the point that we've gotten to. But, um, but, it, but it's where we have to be. I yeah. mean, because it, it, in order to make uh, this option available, uh, you're going to have to have more states beyond Connecticut take that action. Um, so, uh, David, what can the Democrats do, though? Because so far, we <clears throat> have heard from Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, let's go, Brandon. He said uh, multiple times now that uh, he is, one, not even remotely interested in abolishing the filibuster, and two, you know, you're just going to have to vote for uh, pro-choice candidates at the state level. You know, it sucks to suck, but you just got to vote harder. Uh, now, I'm of the mindset, or at least I thought that we already did our job, you know, and that this right. was, you know, kind of their moment here, their moment to shine a little bit. I mean, we did our job. We did our job in even fucking Georgia, you know, and, and wow. for some reason, they're just they still need more, I think. Um, I mean, at the moment, at the moment, there it's not just that there aren't 60 votes in the U.S. Senate to uh to codify roe there aren't 50 votes because the last time they put this up uh joe manchin voted no and as we know joe manchin is the president so uh you you only have 49 votes at most for these laws and you certainly don't have 50 votes even in under this environment for uh for uh the the, the you know ending the filibuster and, you know, then then you have Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski out there uh, uh, who are claiming to be shocked, shocked that Republicans on the Supreme Court lied to them, allegedly, mm -hmm. uh, uh, about this. But they're not going to do anything about it either. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 I, I believe the last time that that the Senate voted on this and the Senate is going to vote again. So we're going to get at least a, a count, but it's not going to do any good. Um, I believe the last time the Senate voted, uh, Collins, uh, Norm Murkowski voted to codify Roe, as, as far as I remember. It's just crazy so, that you can live on a, you know, you can live on a floating boat on a river and, and make such, uh, you know, dangerous yep. choices. Uh, you know, it's just, so as far shame. as that is, as far as that's concerned, I, I don't see a lot of uh, 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 promising stuff happening at the federal level. So uh, at state level, I, I think I think it's incumbent upon states that elected large Democratic majorities, states like California, uh, where the lawmakers are saying all the right things that, that we're, we're going to welcome uh, women into this state and we're going to give them an environment where they can make their own choices for their own medical care, to uh, be as aggressive as possible on uh, the, the policy side to make sure that that happens, whether it's adopting something similar to the Connecticut law or uh, uh, adopting uh, some sort of funding mechanism to get women in other states to, to into a place where they can, they can have an abortion legally. Um, we're gonna need stuff like that. We're gonna, we're gonna need a lot of uh, mechanisms supporting, and then what you can do on a personal level, as you just said, uh, 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 you, know, you can support groups 
that are working towards this independently without, you know, that don't have a governmental mechanism, but groups like the Abortion Access Front, or I mean, I'm sure you can name 20 of them right now, but those groups are gonna need a ton of support. And it's the independent groups. I mean, Planned Parenthood has tons of money. I mean, God love them, but they have tons of money. Uh, it's, it's the independent groups yeah. that are working on the ground in these very hazardous conditions uh, that, that are going to need the support right now. Um, absolutely. So one thing that I've been stating now, you're, you're a lot smarter than myself. You've been around for a lot longer. You know, what's going on in, you know, the, the hallowed halls of Congress. Uh, I, I am of the mindset that, um, and I was briefly talking about this in maybe more colorful terms before he came on, but, uh, I was talking about how like the uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Republican party in unison collectively lost their fucking shit over Madison Cawthorn talking about like cocaine orgies right. or whatever. Um, right. but we can't get the democratic party to like, uh, react in a similar capacity to people like Joe Manchin who are consistently playing the rotating villain or to, towards Kristen cinema. Uh, and well, I, I mean, they support them. I mean, yeah. what did we just talk about with Quayar? I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's, I used to, it's I used not to like, say, you know, he hasn't been called into the teacher's yeah. Uh, uh, office the way that uh, or the principal's office the way that Cawthorn was no they they go out there and they they run campaign rallies for okay, so I, I have suggestions I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna fire off suggestions you can just give yes or no okay on right. how to whip uh, these votes okay specifically yeah for Mansion Cinema maybe even Maggie Hassan or whoever the fuck is gonna play the spoiler role in the rotating billing cast uh, number one um, actually use a real physical whip. <laughs> <laughs> that has some negative historical connotations okay. that I don't think you Ma want to get into. All right, maybe not a whip. Um, okay, <laughs> something without uh, historical connotations, but like it's just the term is whip, so it works perfectly there. Okay, like the like the big uh, shepherd's cane, like at the Apollo, maybe. Yeah, something like, like that. use one of the. You know how the the Taliban like they'll use like a like what do they call it a switch? <laughs> they use that maybe. Um, a club? I don't know. Um, that's one. So, yeah. <clears throat> a ruler. Okay, so that's one. But, like, uh, seriously speaking, like, I've talked about throwing them off committees for a very long time, or at least mm -hmm. threatening to do that, and it's not something that the Democratic Party wants to do. Is there any, like, is that a thing? Can we pressure the Democrats to do that? Is that even viable? Well, I mean, int interestingly, uh, after... Amy Coney Barrett was uh, made the uh, uh, justice of the Supreme Court after she got through that confirmation hearing and Dianne Feinstein said, this was the best hearing I've ever seen in my life and hugged Lindsey Graham. Uh, they did kick Dianne Feinstein off of that committee. Now, probably she might not know it, but they, they did <laughs> well, kick her I, off. I that. think her time had come. <laughs> I think we got to... Yeah, you let's, know, we let's take uh, her up conservatively to the say okay? uh, Diane Feinstein's brain is mush. So uh, uh, they have shown that my point is they've shown <laughs> the capacity to do this when they've needed to. Uh, so you can only say that they don't have an interest in doing it when it comes to these wayward votes. People like uh, uh, Manchin or, or Cinema. Now, maybe there's a fear, at least on the part of Mansion, maybe on Cinema's part that they would uh, bolt the party. That, I don't believe that. that. If, you take, if you take away their vote, they would bolt the party. No shot. You don't think so? No shot. Joe Manchin is Joe Manchin because he's a Democrat in West Virginia. No one would give a single shred of a fuck about Joe Manchin if he was just another annoying Republican senator. 
everyone will be like, okay, fuck off. You're just as annoying as the rest of them. And that right. is the only reason why Joe Manchin gets any play. He would have zero fucking lobbyist money. He would just be like any other dumbass uh, Republican senator. He'd make decent money doing, you know, dumbass Republican shit. But the only reason why he gets so much play in the media is because he's a Democrat. Right. So when it, whenever he fucking threatens that he would change, whenever he threatens like, oh, he'd be a fucking Republican or whatever. First of all, he's losing that Republican primary to some dude who is literally inbred. The more inbred that dude is, the easier right. the likelihood that that dude's going to win. Okay? Like, no shot. And that's precisely why he hasn't changed his party. Because the other funny thing about that is that what if the tables were turned and he's, he's in the, he, he changes, he's in the Republican Party, and then he goes against something that is Republican dogma, right? Do, do you think that they would humor him and, and wait around and, and say, there's nothing else we can do, we have to keep him in the caucus? Do you think that would be no. their move? They would Madison Cawthorn him. Photos of him <laughs> wearing women's panties on his fucking river houseboat would right. uh, surface immediately on the National Review. And, right. and, you know, you'd have the Occupy Democrats being like... Uh, Expose him. Retweet to expose Joe Manchin. Uh, so, you know, that's not that's not happening. That, that would never happen. Right. Which is why I always say I want the Democrats to at least play by the same style that Republicans play, but they don't care. They don't have the same priorities. They don't give a shit about, you know, winning votes. They can run on moments like this. Uh, by showcasing how fucking horrible the Republicans are. This is a the, gift. The, the to point, Nancy the point I want to make and the point you can make if you're talking to, you know, people in Congress or, or calling, calling your congressperson is that to say that, no, there's no way that we can throw Joe Manchin off a committee. Uh, all you have I'd to like do to is throw use, him. Well, or throw him at all. You, you just use the Feinstein example. I mean, they did this. They did this like two years ago. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That's that's my like least aggressive, least violent uh, method, it, it, and it's something that I've been screaming about for many, many years at this point. But like, no one seems. It to doesn't listen. have a blunt object attached to it. No, I mean, I say that too. Don't worry. But <laughs> I have a I have an idea called the gauntlet. Like, if you you automatically trigger if you reach like a certain level of uh, if you if you go below a certain approval rating. That means like a champion can beat the shit out of you in your state. We pick like someone who's like roided the fuck up and you get to get your ass beat on the on the floor of the Senate. Like, like straight the up. octagon or something. Yeah, no, literally. You you have to go to the gauntlet. That would literally that threat of proletarian violence would I think in my mind uh lead senators to at least uh respect the wishes of their constituents. Uh, way more than their corporate benefactors, I think. Look, look, they won't even go to town hall meetings anymore, let alone the octagon. No, that's why it has to be a law. Like I'm, I'm pushing yeah. for it. Anyway, so that's the gauntlet. But that's, um, you know, that's that's something that I personally believe would make American politics more entertaining. C-SPAN, we could do pay-per-view. Like it, that would make a billion dollars. I would spend endless amounts of money to watch some like big, bulky, roided fucking ex-coal miner guy. Uh, just absolutely beat the doors off of Joe Manchin in the floors of the Senate. It's like everyone is like clapping. Well, I mean, we we came close to seeing that on January 6, 2021, didn't we? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was, you know, <laughs> that went the other way, though, unfortunately. Yeah. But hey, listen, yes, so so that's that's one thing. Um, <clears throat> what was the other thing? OK, so what what is the likelihood of like yeeting the filibuster not happening? It does not seem so. I mean, Manchin and Cinema reiterated just this week that that uh, 
you know, uh, cinema threw out a bunch of, of, of uh, examples of votes where uh, attempts to restrict abortion rights were stopped by the filibuster, as if those are the only things that uh, have been done. Um, so she's not for it, and, and Manchin's not for it. And so, you know, maybe if in, in a hypothetical uh, 2022 election where, where Democrats pick up at least two seats, if not more, uh, then that would, might happen, but I don't. I don't see that scenario being in ter- uh, terribly likely. Uh, these hands are equal opportunity, by the way. Written. Not that you asked, but these hands are equal opportunity. I'm just saying, Kirsten Cinema, watch out in the gauntlet. <laughs> anyway, um, well, you're not from Arizona. You said it not, has I will to be fucking move down there. I will literally move <laughs> down there uh, and live there. Ew, Arizona. Yikes. Okay. Um. So. <clears throat> So okay, well, you could just put your money towards you know buying one of your many houses. That's and true. Just put it in Tempe and then just change your registration. Yeah, equal rights, equal lefts. I will you know purchase. Uh, oh well, there you go. And I can avoid taxes too. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> so by living there for six the rich months plus one win day, again. The exactly. rich get richer here. Yeah. With Hassan. Um, so here's the other. Uh, here's the the other question. Then what is what can the Democratic Party do other than um, you know, try to push for the filibuster, the the uh, the end of the filibuster. What can they do in this circumstance? Is there like well, a, like some weird 18th century, 19th century law that they could use? You know what I mean? Like you're very good at finding stuff like that. In the same way that like, Republicans are, you know what I mean? Well, there's some smaller ideas, but I mean, I think I think a, a larger idea that that definitely we need to move towards is. Uh, a coherent and consistent con- judicial philosophy that is pushed as aggressively from the left as it is from the right. I mean, the reason that we're here is because the Federalist Society essentially has a veto over Supreme Court nominees, and they are the gatekeepers of who gets to be on the federal bench, and they speak with largely with one voice. And uh, we don't have that kind of discipline. If you asked me what, I mean, I can tell you exactly what the conservative judicial philosophy is. It's, uh, I mean, some of it's Calvin Ball, but a lot of it is based on, if it's not, it's got to be in the text. It's got to be in the text of the Constitution. got to be in the text of the statute. Uh, we're going to use this originalism. And because uh, that is inherently limiting uh, that's going to uh, put constraints on federal policy across the board. Okay, next idea. Um, Originalism, right? Yeah. First of all, I think it's bullshit, straight up. I mean, const- one constitutional law class, and I was like, nope, that's not, this is bullshit, okay? It's just you're yeah. a reactionary, and you've decided that this is like the most intellectual way that you can come across. Like, well, it's, it's just it's a just, way to get what you want, Yeah, right? it's, just, I mean, it's, it's just a way just... of intellectualizing reactionary politics. So you That's can right. still go to the That's cocktail right. parties where you That's guys right. like put stuff in your butts, like charity yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like, sorry, I'd, I'd love to give a constitutional right to abortion, but I just don't see this in this text that was written at the time that we were still lo- using leeches in healthcare policy. So I, I'm sorry, I'd really love to help yeah. you out, but I, I can't do it. Okay, so we're on the same, okay, we're on the same track here then. Uh, you can be an originalist, but you have to die at the age of 35 from dysentery. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's the that's a good rule. Uh, like that's you know, an originalist uh, strategy. Yeah. At that point, you a lifetime to, well, appointment. Is... You only have you're only able to use the health care that was available to us in 1787. Maybe yes. that's the way to go. 100. Uh, percent Yeah. That uh, you know they 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 poke around with their fingers at your wounds. Um, yeah. No. Step so... aside, Bill Maher. These are the new rules. I think that these are my <laughs> rules. I I think that these would be better. This would make society better. Anyway, just, just to wrap up my point, like we need a coherent judicial strategy. When Kentaji Brown Jackson talked about, you know, what her judicial philosophy is, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, it was just, you know, there was, there was no substance behind it. And so we need to be much stronger in, in having, and, and some of those groups are being built, demand justice and et cetera, but I, it's still at the level of philosophy of, of, of finding, training, and targeting, uh, uh, and understanding what that philosophy is, and then supporting judges to be moved through the system who 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 recognize that philosophy, I think is a very important project. Um, one that will, of course, require billions of dollars in the same capacity that the Federalist Society has been around for what twenty years. But most importantly, well, fortunately, I think I'm talking to the guy that can bankroll it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Single handedly. Uh, I will be able to go. go against the power of capital in this country. Um, your your Twitch dollars at work. Yeah, me me and the podcaster brigade. We're gonna you know, <laughs> dirtbag post our way into uh, super PAC. That's it. So that's it. So you laugh, but that's like literally every fucking annoying internet anarchist in my mentions is like, <laughs> why don't you why don't you do a super PAC? Like, okay, dude. Uh, so um that is a long-term solution so in the short term it's just like you know decentralized term, I mean, local health pre yeah and pressuring uh, uh uh for more access pressuring uh uh you know there was this thing uh, a, a horrible way that it was imposed uh, by um i think it was amazon that said they're going to uh have a fund or for women in their company that can that can be used to uh, for reproductive health. Of course, it it excluded the workers at the warehouses who actually need that help. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, pressuring around that front uh, that this should be a part of a benefit package. Um, pressuring, uh, you know, companies should know uh, that if if they're going to locate in states where women are second-class citizens, the women who they want to get to work for those companies should, should, should say, talk to the hand. Uh, so so I, think, I think there you know, are going to be some changes around society around this uh, that, um, I mean, I, I think for many, many years, uh, the conservative viewpoint on these kinds of issues, judicial uh, issues. Now, you know, obviously there are many more judicial issues beyond abortion. And uh, the thing that this court uh, uh, loves more than anything is, is, is corporations. And, and so we need to talk, uh, when we're talking about the judiciary, we need to talk about our corporate rulings too. But uh, I, I think for many years, the intensity on the right, on these hot button, so-called hot button issues, social issues, uh, issues around the courts, uh, the intensity has been much greater on the right than on the left. And what we're starting to see in polling just around this issue in the last 48 hours is that intensity is now greater on the left than it is the right. And it needs to stay there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's because a, it's that's the issue only like way for it to be the, fixed. 
that consistently polls with 70% uh, favorability. It's, it's mind-boggling that but, um, they were able but to... But that intensity wasn't there. It was 70% support, but yeah, we have this. It's a right. We're, we're, you know, we're not going backwards. Let's not, we don't have to worry about it too much. And now that's flipped. And people just realize, even though they should have realized this a year ago when the court took the case, that they were obviously going in this direction, to see it in black and white, to see it in a draft uh, opinion makes it real. And so now we're starting to see that balance shift. And that's where it needs to stay. That intensity needs to, to stay up. Yeah, but unfortunately, the only thing that Democrats are willing to do in this situation is just tell people to vote harder, which I do think could eventually backfire on them. I know that they're probably seeing this as like a, a gimme, a really good opportunity to campaign. Uh, if, if my emails are any indication, Nancy Pelosi has not shut the fuck up in my emails about asking me for more dollars. I will never give you money, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Strangely enough, when we asked her if she still supports Henry Quayer, she didn't get back to us. I mean, of all the emails she's been sending out, she has not sent the email that says, I am rescinding my support of Henry no, Quayer. No, because you know and, her position. And that she's, would be the email that would, that would be the email that would do the most yeah. for her credibility. Yeah, she's, she's spoken about that. Uh, I think she always says like, you know, oh, I, I just, I have to support the incumbent. I think that's what yes. she was saying. You don't have to go and like campaign there physically though. That's a little bit more than supporting the incumbent Nancy Pelosi. And also not only that, but... Um, you know, you didn't really care about the incumbent when it came to the Senate with Ed Markey, but hey, what do I know? Uh, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're right. It's just they, I think that uh, Democrats, however, are using this as an opportunity to just, they think that this is going to galvanize the base. Um, but I, I do. don't and, know. And I look, think I mean, it's certainly the case that, you know, allowing Republicans to sweep the House and Senate where they're likely in a world that's post row to try to pass their own bill that uh, is a federal ban on, uh, uh, on abortion entirely. Uh, that's not a good scenario either, right? I mean, yeah, that, I mean that's... They, they own everything right now and, and Republicans are still winning. That, that to me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not as, as, as cucked as the rest of the Democratic Party base is, but... <laughs> When I when I see Democrats be like, oh, fuck, throw their hands up in the air to the side and go, oh, man, we just got to vote harder next time, I guess. It's like, well, we did that already. And it's demonstrable proof that like voting hard is not helping. Uh, you need to do something else like you need to step the fuck in and do something. At this well, point. I mean, the year the year this should have been taken care of is the year that uh, Democrats had 60 votes in the U.S. Senate yeah. and if a only, huge if only majority in, 2007, in the House. If only in 2007, Barack Obama made a campaign promise to codify Roe v. Wade. That's right. Oh, he did So, that. I, mean, I, I mean, and you can go back 50 years for the opportunities for this, um, but that's a big one. That, that's a big one when uh, they, they, they had the opportunity, they had the votes for a, a pretty decent amount of time, decent interval. And they didn't think ahead. Uh, they didn't. And, and, and look, uh, Democrats should forget about just codifying Roe. They should be codifying Obergefell. They, they should be codifying the gay marriage uh, uh, ruling. Absolutely. Because that's next. That's next. And uh, so if they wanted to do something positive right now, they would start, uh, you know, countering the court with a bunch, of, a bunch of bills. Yeah, that would require, and this is my theory, um, 
that would require the the Democrats to actually take a position and like hold Republicans accountable to said position and bully them over their head. Because notice how the first moment that Joe Biden even mentioned that he was going to potentially uh, read the American Prospect and uh, follow one of your uh, executive orders that you uh, clearly wrote out multiple times, uh, which is, of course, uh, you know, the abolition of student debt. Uh, yeah. student, uh, student loan, uh, student debt loan relief, uh, was yeah. something that he even briefly brought up and immediately Republicans were like, nope, nope, we're not, ag we're against that. Fuck that. And, and the talking parts started flying because that's what reactionaries do. They need something to, to react to. They need something to, to uh, fight against. And when there is nothing that the democratic party is putting on the table, uh, there's no progressive legislation that they're fighting for they've completely given up then republicans are going to use every uh fraction of power that they have specifically in the, uh, the state legislatures that they have completely dominated now to roll back even further roll back rights even further and then get the supreme court to you know take a state's rights position uh, well on the difference there of course with with student debt is uh we we don't need congress uh to get that done you don't need joe manchin to say yes or no. You don't need Mitch McConnell to say yes or no. You can just do that. And, uh, and it's very clear you can just do that because Republicans last week introduced the bill that said, uh, that tried to block the, the president from cancellation of student debt. They would not need to throw that bill on the table if it wasn't already within the authority of the president. So they know it. Uh, uh, the, the Republicans are aware, Democrats are aware, they have this ability under the Higher Education Act to cancel student debt. And uh, we've been sitting here waiting for over a year trying to figure out not only whether or not Biden will do it, but what he will actually do. Is he going to cancel a token amount, $10,000 per individual? Is he going to cancel $50,000 per individual? Is he going to put some stupid means test on it? Even though yes. most of the people who you, have... You no, know, they have to. That's your kink shaming. <laughs> they have to. There has to be a means most, test. Most of the people who have student debt will make under that means test. It's a, it's, it's a pointless provision in terms of what it would actually do. All it would uh, accomplish is make life in, impossible for student debtors to have to jump through all these hoops to confirm and verify their eligibility. Yeah, they even suggested they that will... for, for law, uh, for, for lawyers and, and doctors, which is really sick. I love, I love that they, that was, that was something that was being floated around, I think, right? Yeah. You mm -hmm. have a career in law, like imagine being a public defender and you're like, oh, sick. Like I won't have my student loan debt relief right. uh, coming from right. me. Um, right, awesome. I mean, and, and the, what we know historically about means testing is that it's first of all much more expensive you've got to come up with a mechanism you've got to come up with a way to to administer it and the second thing is that it ends up hurting the vulnerable people vulnerable people that you're most trying to help because those are the people that can't go over that hurdle go over that burden of the verification of the eligibility and so uh it, it, it's just counterproductive to an nth degree and also it won't stop republicans from saying that certain people who receive debt relief are undeserving i mean that's the whole reason to do it right that that's is, is we don't want the headline that's donald trump's kid got uh, a student debt canceled uh 
they're going to find somebody out there whose parents are well off by whatever standard of well off that they want to figure out and that their kid got $10,000 or 20, however many thousands of dollars of student debt canceled. And they're going to say the same thing. I mean, the, the, the test, the means test right now is on income, but it doesn't take into account family income. And so they'll just move the goalposts and say, if your family was rich, then you shouldn't have gotten student, student debt canceled. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, it, it's obvious to me that it won't work on, on what the attempt is to, to diffuse the conversation. That won't work. They'll find a way to, uh, uh, Republicans will find a way to carry forward that conversation. And all it will do will just make people mad and it'll be a big hassle. And, and some people who were entitled to relief won't get it. That's it. That's all it will do. Yeah. Uh, remember when Donald Trump gave everyone unconditional uh, uh, you know, money? Imagine that. Imagine um, and, that. And then, you know, some people got money. Well, Biden did that, too. And, and it was broadly and he seems popular. to have forgotten. No, it was and broadly he seems popular. to have forgotten how popular it was. He seems to have forgotten the moment when he was actually a popular president, when he engaged in things like that. Yeah, it's almost like uh, means testing these things for no reason to combat these uh, the, the manufactured outrage cycles that the Republican Party is going to create regardless is a right. silly thing to do, and you should just do it regardless, and no one gives a fuck. I'm sure. Try more. That should be the answer. Plenty of rich the people answer, got money in that situation. It didn't yeah. matter, ultimately. You know what I mean? Plenty of rich people got the money answer in that situation. Is, the answer to you shouldn't do this should be cry more. Oh. That should be the answer. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was Great. wonderful, as always. I love when you educate the, the youth. And, thank and, you, Hassan. Tell and and then agree with my insane talking points about uh, the gauntlet, which <laughs> you're on the record for. Why is the I got American very quiet? I got very quiet when. You why is the American prospect not hope, writing about the gauntlet? I hope you noticed that. That's my that's my question to you. This is investigative reporting. I'm reporting. Well, the on one the thing reporters. that I can I can I can promise you the one thing that the American prospect will be writing about is uh, why should we respect judicial review to begin with. Oh, great. I mean, I, I disrespect it so all let's, the time. Let's, in, let's put that into the conversation. Yeah, no, seriously. Okay, well then, right. but, but like, you can, you can make a mention of the whole dysentery thing, then. you know what I mean? Like, if you're an originalist, like, you have to die <laughs> at the there age of go. 35. We will saw off, you, you'll get gangrene, it will saw off your leg. One leg. You have to operate as if you're uh, in the, the, the Oregon Trail. Yeah, it's uh, not like you're yeah. using it. You're sitting around all day. Let me saw off your fucking leg. You know what I mean? One, yeah. just one. The robe will cover it anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm all glad right. that we're, you know, we found agreement once again. <laughs> okay. Very good. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, David. All right. And I uh, hope to see you soon. All right. Take care. Right, bye. All right, folks, that was David Dayen of the American Prospect, a, a deeply serious man, uh, despite how unserious of a person I am. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Obviously, the American Prospect is fucking awesome. David is one of the recurring guests on the show every time I uh, need to talk about, you know, important things that matter. Uh, he is he's brilliant. He's very smart. Got a lot of great journalists all over there as well. They're, they're, they do a great job. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, it's one of the best policy outlets, if not the best policy outlet, like, personally is really good at you know how neoliberals always fucking talk about like uh-huh you don't know what's possible like uh people like david dayan are very close to the left i would say leftists social democrats like actual social democrats that that are you know writing what is possible within the current infrastructure that we exist in um 